Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have my friend, Mr. Frank Chan. And Frank, this is the power of the masterminds. For sure. We met at the family a couple of years ago, I would say. About two, uh, two, three years ago. Yeah, two years ago, yeah. and uh, I didn't know you were in Houston. Uh, I just found out, found myself partying with you and Philip Vincent, and that's right, and Don Costa one night. And you're like, yeah, dude, I'm in Houston. I was like, really? I'm in Houston too. How come we haven't crossed paths, right? So yeah, yeah. I don't really typically. I, my clients are typically national. I don't really meet up people in person, even in Houston. But you text me your address. I was like, yeah, you're just. Rock ten away. minutes away. Yeah, ten minutes away. So just where, where are you at in town? Uh, right off of Spring Branch, near okay. the uh, Memorial Hospital. That's just down the road. Rock throw away, man. Wow, wow. So tell me about you, man. Who who are you? Where do you come from? Well, you know how I try to bridge the gap because you guys are typically investor operators. Uh, I hang out on the information side. Okay. Right. So most of my clients are people who have been doing investing for. One year, five years, 15 years, and now they want to teach and inspire others. So they come out with courses, education, summits, events, right. workshops. So I work directly with them to bring these ideas and products to market. Got so it. mainly online is where I hang out. A little bit of investing on the side part-time, but mainly consulting is what I do. Okay, and are you from Houston? Born and raised in Texas. Started off in Dallas, uh, went to college and University of Texas. Alabama, Texas game this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, then I moved here to Houston to support my wife. She's a nurse practitioner. Okay. If you guys ever need any sleep study work, you have sleep apnea, wow. I do. She can help you out. Wow. Um, so she drives to Leak City every day to go work. And Wow, so that's, a, that's quite a drive. <laughs> it's quite a drive, and that's what we do here. I, I work from home, been doing it for the last 12 years, and have no idea what corporate America is like, and have never did an 8 to 5. You, you never got a college. corporate job. You know, you know, oddity jobs here. I worked at the Gap, fold clothes. I worked okay. at Pluckers Wing Bar and as a server for two okay. years. I even ran their trivia. Well, you want to go to school or whatever? Yeah, I, I was doing part time to sell Cutco knives while I was in college. Okay. So you know, those little knives. Hey, those are good. I, I got them. Hey man, did you buy it from your sister, your cousin? I bought it from my daughter. That's man. how you do it. Hey, they always. Hey, that's marketing one hundred and one. They yeah. tell you there's no such thing as cold calling. Come here, sell our knives. Yeah. They give you a piece of paper. They tell you write down a hundred names of your closest friends and family. That's your list. So that's how they tell you not to cold call people, is to hit your friends and family up. It's like network marketing, right? That's where you start. And it's genius, because they're like, if you just sell one, two knives, and you stop selling, and you quit, go do something else, hey, we've made our money off of you. And you learned the skill set. There it is. You know, it's a great product, very niche market. But yeah, I did a lot of these sales jobs here and there. Uh, graduated with a nutrition degree, and definitely not using that. You know, doing sales, marketing. Really? So you went to college for a nutrition degree? Yeah. Wow. So that's why I always tell people, like, man, you know, my wife and I always debate, is college where you need to go or do you want to just hustle, you know, at 18 and 19? It all, to my opinion, it all comes down to your outcome. If you make the same and you're happy and you're not a doctor, well, that's okay. Mm. You're happy and you make the same kind of money. Good life. Good deal. So, and, and uh, so what year did you went and you come to Houston? Oh, man. That's probably like six years ago. Uh, Man, I just went to Dallas last week, and yeah. and I was like, if I'm moving out of Houston next year, but okay, but I was like, man, Dallas is nicer than Houston. Like, is that where you're moving? 
No, I'm not going to Badalas. I'm going to Florida. But <laughs> but I was like, but I was like, hey, you know, like if I had to choose a city again, yeah, I'll probably go to Dallas as opposed to Houston or maybe Austin. Um, but Houston is kind of like, I don't know. I think Dallas is prettier. Like they got yeah. newer buildings going up. Yeah. They got new development going up uh, all over the place. Yeah. Um, we went to this. I went to the Million Dollar Meeting with Mike Hembright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, he did this uh, VIP dinner at a, it was like at a food center, but they had a lot of re- little like little restaurants Stalls, yeah. and, and bars, and it was actually pretty nice. And we don't have any of that stuff here. I'm like, man, this is much nicer than, than, than what we have in Houston. You know, and I'm not knocking down Houston by any means. The Houston's got his yeah. good things, right? And, and, and it was good for me for many years. But I'm looking at all these other cities that are kind of like popping. Not that Dallas hasn't popped, but it's yeah. two big cities in Texas, right? Houston is bigger than Dallas, yeah. supposedly. Um, but I'm like, I was telling Caesar, I was like, man, this city is so much nicer than Houston for some reason, or it looks that way. You, know, you said it's interesting. You were just out there talking before this, uh, this call or this podcast. You're reading energies uh, with your team, and I, I think it applies to cities as well. Like Houston has a great energy, but if you're looking for something more lively, exciting, I don't think that's what Houston yes. is, no, right? It's not. Uh, if you talk about nightlife, that's more Dallas. Yeah. Houston's more like you come here for culture, you come here for food, yeah. community. It's great. Oh, it's definitely a food city. Yeah, great food. Hundred percent. Great people. There's. I think more restaurants and ethnicities per capita yeah. compared to the rest of the country. Is it number like, one? Well, yeah. I don't know about Miami, but uh, Houston could be number one. LA, Miami yeah. are right. Oh, they're all they're right. Top three for sure. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, man, where in Florida are you going? Probably Miami. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. It's like, yeah. Night and day compared to Houston. I, 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 I like Tampa. Okay. Yeah. And, and I've been going to Tampa now for a few years. But my wife has her friends are in Miami, not in Tampa. So moving to Tampa is like she's gonna have to build new friends and and all that. And and the the schools that we want for the kids, uh, we want bilingual Spanish and English. Okay. So not that many Spanish bilingual schools. Believe it or not, Texas is much better on education when it comes to uh, education for kids for children. Did I know that? Yes. All right. Because uh, we've been doing the homework, and I'm like, hey. Because I, I even thought about Orlando. I said, okay, Orlando, Tampa, let's find a bilingual school for the kids. Guess what? We're like, Florida's got more bilingual people than anyone in the country, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and and we can't find them. And there's some of them, but there's not that many like here in, in, in Texas. So yeah. Uh, so we narrowed it down to Doral, which is in Miami, and, and, and my, my father lives there. And so I do have family there. So it kind of like... I'm gravitating towards spending time with my family. I've been away for 22 years now, so um, at some point you're like, mm, maybe I go back to hang out with my parents and, and my uh, my aunts and uncles. And yeah, you know. you know, I think it speaks to kind of like how you've kind of positioned your business. We we're just talking about automation, yes, and creating a you know a business that serves your life, yes, and, and not the other way around, right? You know, we we talk about entrepreneurship. You know, one of the Two goals will be sharp, either money or a lifestyle. Um, I would like to introduce the third one, which is like happiness. You know, I think there's a mixture of these three. I think you moving down back to, you know, be closer to family is going to fill another area of your life that you probably aren't getting here. That's what I'm know? getting. That's what I'm looking for. Right now, yeah. when I moved to Houston, 
I was I came I, I was in the Navy and I was coming to to do oil field. So that's uh, oil field capital of the world, right? Why not? Right? Um, so I didn't even like Houston, man. Every time I came here, I was like, oh man, this city's flat, <laughs> all kind of like gray, you know. Um, now the woodlands was pretty, but other than the woodlands, like yep. Katy wasn't really developed like like it is now. Where that's where I live, and I knew that I had to come here because this is where money was, right? I did corporate for. 10 years and in the oil and gas business and um, I, that's why I'm here but other than work there was no purpose for me to be here you right. feel me uh, and uh, as soon as I became a full-time entrepreneur I started filling that void like hold on a second I can do this whatever the hell I want yeah why am I here why am I away from my family and my daughter my daughter actually lives in Florida oh wow um, okay. and I have a 24 year old daughter uh, she's gonna end up going to California at some point. You know, she she's uh, into one coast to the other. Yeah, but hey, exactly. Well, she's that. into movies and uh, music and all that. She she's got a degree in music, so great place to um, be. Exactly. So she's looking for that. But yeah, you're right, man. I, I now that 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 um, I believe my my purpose is finished here in in, in Houston. That's good. Although man. I still have some loose ends that I gotta finish tying up, and once those are tied up. Um, I can move, but it's going to happen next year already. We got a date and everything planned, so um, pick the school that we're going to apply for so the kids can get in. And, and I'm looking, I want the beach. That's what I like, the beach. Yeah. I've been considering also Central America, Mexico, and, and, and also South America and Colombia. Because um, honestly, Frank, here, like in Houston, you can live very well with maybe 10 grand. Um, very well, a nice house, you know, good car. We're talking about whatever. per month, correct? Per month, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah per month. Not per year. No, no per, per month. month. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and most people probably that are on the higher tax bracket, they, it takes more than that. In Miami, uh, not so much, okay? Uh, it's a lot more expensive. It's flashy out there. It's very flashy. No, yeah. and it's not only that, man. The real estate uh, prices are high. Yeah, probably double this, double they're, here. They're double here. Now, the difference here is that our taxes are triple. I feel that. I feel that They're pain. Triple. So, so I'll give you an example. If you have a a a five hundred thousand dollar home here, which they don't really exist anymore, you know. <laughs> but if you have one of those, then you're paying somewhere around fifteen k a year or so. In Miami, you're only paying one percent, which is five k. Oh wow! So now you can buy a one and a half million dollar home and pay the same amount of taxes. It's just that you know the math is a little different. You're, you're, I'm curious, what, what do you think is better? You have being able to buy a one point, well, of course, it depends on the market, well, yeah. 1.5 at 1% tax better. is better than yeah. 5 and Yeah, because most of, like if you have a mortgage, that's if you have a mortgage, right? If you have a mortgage, your payment is going towards the house, it's not going to taxes. Right. But if you have a mortgage here, and let's, I'll give you an example, I had a $500,000 home in Katy, and my payment was 5K a month, but guess what? Out of the 5K, half of it was going to taxes. Right. So, I rather put five k towards the other one, which is actually going to principal or or. Makes sense now. Okay, I'll see. I'll see you in Miami in a few years. Pretty then. soon. Pretty soon. Right. So <laughs> tell me, man. Like, okay, so you did you did odd jobs, right? Here and yep. there, you know, server gap. Yep. Um, which well, what happened after that? By the way, I think if you know anybody who's listening to this who has kids. If they're ever like at home playing Fortnite on the you know doing something in their college years, I had the best job 
that really launches the entrepreneur mindset is a service-based job, right? Yes. Um, when you're serving other people, you are nurses, teachers, right? It's a hard job, but I think early on, being a server at a restaurant at a hourly wage, I was making two thirteen an hour. Wow. Right? It blew my mind. I think I left jo my job one day where I left making twenty five dollars after working a ten hour shift. Wow. Uh, very humbling experience, um, but it teaches you that you know at the end of the day, no matter how much you make, you better give it all your all. Right. It's not like absolutely. Right. So it's not about you know or, you know. You can't make you can't get upset with your table if they don't take care of you. It's like no, you have to provide a level of service. I think that bleeds and translates into just how you attack life, right? Yeah, not only that, man. Like uh, I, I firmly believe, like if you went to work at McDonald's, for instance, when you're working at McDonald's, you're not learning only how to serve people. You're learning systems and processes. Oh yeah, don't have your blinders on, right? Some people are like, yeah, you're flipping burgers. If you're like, well, what do no, you do? But the, just... bur the burger had to be flipped a certain way, and you put it on the patty a certain way, and after the patty and the, and the, the, the it goes to another station, and it all goes boom, boom, and guess what? That was a system and a process that's being followed in every McDonald's in the nation. Right. People are learning that, but they're not understanding that they're learning that because they're thinking they're just serving or they're cooking or whatever, right? Right. Subconsciously, they're picking it up, but not consciously. So so you're right. I, yeah. I, uh, I, um, I, I, you know, my daughter, she worked in a lot of different places. Good for her. Um, and she's done all kinds of things. Um, but now she's she's focusing more on her on her music stuff and and, uh, and she's gonna go be an attorney now. Um, she wants to be an attorney for artists and, and, and things like that, so. You know, we don't talk too much about this because it could be another rabbit hole, but yeah, the NFTs, how artists are kind of claiming back their power in the music industry purely because of all these legal issues with yep. these um, label companies. So that's awesome that she's doing that. There's definitely a future in this Absolutely. business for her. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it, the, that industry is not, it's not controlled by the labels anymore. Yeah, it's quickly shifting. It's yeah. controlled by the artists. And, 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 and when the artists, they know they have something solid, yeah. they're like, hmm, hold on a second, I don't need to go sell my soul to these people. They need to come buy my product now, which yeah. is, is turning the tables, man. I've seen, um, like guys like Daddy Yankee, for instance, like the reggaeton artist, right? Yeah, he got like a hundred million dollars from Universal, but guess what? He owns all his rights. He owns all his things. Like, how do you do this? Like, well, because they educate themselves on yeah. how to be entrepreneurs in the music industry. They're not just artists. Yeah, They're, these are real serious business people now. Bad Bunny just came last week to Houston. I went to a concert. I just found out he's making $3.3 million per concert. Wow. And he did two in Houston on the weekend, and he's probably today or yesterday in San Antonio. So, like, how many of these concerts are these guys doing a year? If you do 100 concerts, guess what? You just make $33 million. Yeah. That didn't happen before, man. Yeah, it's, you know, it, I can loop all of the things that we're talking about together right here. You asked me, what, what did I transition myself into? I think my mind's always using a unique way of like just looking for opportunity, right? You talk about bad money, talking about these guys, uh, systems and processes. I truly believe it takes a certain mindset to ultimately get to that point, right? Mm -hmm. People yes. who are kind of a slave to the eight to five, who are employee mentalities, um, I think they're just that barrier, that thick glass that's very hard for their minds to push through. Like, hey, just on the other side of this hard work with your own passion and ideas, you really can create a better life for yourself, right? 
Uh, that's why a lot of these artists, you know, even fighters who have come back from like crazy backgrounds, you know, poor, crazy poor, so can rise from the ashes and become some of the richest, most influential people in the world. Yeah. While those who have given been given everything squandered away and because they don't understand the value of what they have. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I know, <laughs> but yeah, to your point, what I did before kind of getting into this was a, I, I was looking for a job, did it on Craigslist, just like everybody else out there who's having a really hard time finding a job. Some guy took a chance on me. Um, his name was Tim Randall. Where I am today is largely due to him. He's actually my first mentor too. Uh, Tim, where is he? He's in Austin, right? He's in Austin. Yes. Uh, he started this online business as a side hobby, then grew it into like an income producing, you know, he was the first person to teach me it's not all about money. He could have taken this into a two, three, four million dollar business probably five years ago. He was really happy with where that was because it supplied his life, his lifestyle, lived the house that he wanted, the cars that he wanted, very simple life. Uh, but he taught me everything that I needed to know along the way. Okay. Great mentor. You're just saying this too with Caesar, your COO, your team in Venezuela. You know, when you pour into your people and you pour into your team, man, it pays back it in pays back. massive yeah. dividends, right? But through that, started to do consulting and just like our McDonald's reference, uh, I learned how to get sticky in people's businesses. So I wasn't just, any job that you start, you're given a very a checklist of things to do, right? You can do it very well or you can kind of just stay under the radar, but if you excel, you can get promotions and get, you know, become a manager. That's kind of how I started, but I also learned, started learning about sales, operations, systems, processes, uh, you know, accounting, I learned all aspects of the business, which ultimately fed me into this consulting business I have now. I don't know just one thing, I know a lot of things. Right. So that's really helped me with just becoming more valuable in my own business. Right? All right, so in a nutshell, yeah. what is it that you do today? Like, like, what can we say, f when, I, when I mentioned your name, Frank, I said, okay, Frank does X, right? Sure. What is that? I give people a crystal clear blueprint from taking an idea or a product to achieve an end result. So whether it's, hey, I wanna take my wholesaling, hey, I have a great wholesaling business, do five to 10 deals a year. Uh, I use a very unique strategy to get my leads, you know, and people you've heard of reverse wholesaling, wholetailing, innovation. Right. It's, you know, different lipstick on the same pretty That's girl, it. right? Uh, I show them the exact program, software, uh, people they could potentially work with. Uh, so I kind of help you build the systems out of the gate, kind of how you show people on the real estate side, right? right? Less mistakes, less costly, you know, in investments before proof of concept. Got it. Right? But mainly on the info side. So ideas, education, that's where Frank comes in. Got it. Right? Okay. For you, it's like investor into operations, acquisition. Right. To the, that's, where I, that's where, you know, Ricardo comes in. Very similar. Right. Okay. So, um... What are like? Give me some perfect examples on your client. What, what's your client looking for? Like, sure. Let's say uh, some guy is building, wants to sell more technical platform. I have a technical platform, right? Yeah, great. And I'm going the affiliate route. I'm not going. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. Like, I, I rather pay other people and get it to completely multiply. Sure. So if I said, Hey, Frank, how can I how can I grow this business on the texting side? Um, what would you like, how would that be the approach? Absolutely, so uh, you're a software as a service, right? Yeah. You're a SaaS company, right. 
So you're, you're kind of banking off of two things, which is continuity, mm -hmm. right? And then you're also building off the text platform where every time someone's texting something, there's some margins in it. Right. Is that to say, right? That's correct. Uh, you have your traditional ways of, of generating new leads is paid advertising. Right. Still a great medium, right? It's a variable cost. Mm -hmm. Can't ignore it. Uh, the other way, when people say affiliates, uh, I've learned very recently from Robert Allen, it was like, what does that even mean? So you're, you're selling, you know, like, are you like Amazon or no? How you would naturally grow your business is the one-to-many model, right? That's you're it. not trying to sell your service to someone who's learning about investing because they're not going to send a lot of text no. messages out, right? No. Or if they did, they don't, they're not converting those leads or quickly going to stop using they're it. Gonna stop using so your ideal customer is someone who is doing long deals uh, long-term, right? Multiple deals, scaling their business, building a brand. Who do you think typically has those types of audiences? Yeah, wholesalers, real estate, right? you know, gurus. And, gurus and influencers, yeah. RIA clubs. So I always challenge my clients to look for like the one-to-many groups. So find that one influencer who's on the up and up who hasn't had that attachment to a software yet. Right. Or maybe they're disappointed with their current platform. Right. There's a level of sales and business development here. Got it. But you only need a handful of these to really generate an extra 50 to 75 new users of your platform. Absolutely. Right? At the end of the year, that's over close to 1,000 new users. That's right. And if you can focus on retention, well, that's the name of your game. That's SaaS, right? Yeah. It's all about retention. Do your job and they'll stick with you. So uh, that's my advice to most people with SaaS companies is really start talking to the influencers, people who have masterminds, coaching programs, workshops, where they're spending $25,000, $50,000 a month on advertising with brand new leads. They can just make it very incentivized for them to continue to funnel their traffic to your platform. Correct. Because you're not the only text platform out there. No, there's a bunch of other right. ones that are good. Good. Yeah, but... You know, do we invest in the, the software? Or do we invest into the culture and the business and how they serve and take care of their, their clients, right? Right. So I think you're all about culture and, you know, making sure people who, you know, invest with you are taken care of. Correct. So there's a level of value there compared to a big box text message platform. I'd rather work with Ricardo's because right. I can actually reach out to Ricardo, not yes. the CEO of this big company here where I'm just a number one. I don't even know who the guy is. Exactly. You know, so... Good deal. So, so I've been told you're the king of JVs, right? Like <laughs> making, making connections and sure. synergies happen. How, how, when the, at what point did you learn that making connections was a powerful tool that 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 was gonna propel a lot of businesses for not only you but for many other people? To simplify, our mutual friend Matt Andrews, right? right? He's doing this at a very high level, yeah. working with like under hedge funds, you know, big VCs, you know, people are putting, you know, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars behind certain projects. And he's figured out ways, you know, Tom Kroll too, yeah. right? Um, equity for coaching, equity for, you know, um, consulting. All that was telling me is that there's power in relationships, mm -hmm. right? Depending on how or what industry you're in, how long you've been doing it, if you've quietly been building up a great reputation, my good friend Ron Phillips, um, he, you know, the owner of RP Capital, great turnkey business, mm -hmm. he, he, he coined the term reputation capital, right? And that's all related to how you're perceived among your peers or your community and how are you able to leverage these relationships. So for you, like wholesalers, you have a buyer's list. Yeah. Those are all based on relationships. So it, it's, 
I think my very first time I really powered I sold a software to um, Lee Arnold Systems. You know Lee Arnold. The yes. current software they're using was actually, I brokered that deal with um, a text platform. I can't remember what it was called. Investor Fuel? Investor Fuel, I think it was. <laughs> Anyways, brokered them together. They bought it. I made a cool 15K on that, on that deal, and all I did was just connect two people. I was like, holy crap. I, I spent about 30 minutes on this, jumped on a team call, and just kind of was a fly on the wall, and they paid me 15K. Broke wow. the deal, right? Kind of like wholesale fees, assignment fees. Yes, that's an assignment. Yeah. So there's a larger scale for like tech. Like if I was a partner with your software company, I was like, hey, every new influencer that I bring in, I just want 10% of all of their client business, right? And I'll just keep bringing people in. Your margins are probably 20, 30%, but. I didn't have these hundred people before Frank per month. Right here you go, buddy. Right, so I figure out ways to add value to you know the clients I work with and the partnerships that can be mutually beneficial. We find a starting point and then we go deeper into the operation side. So mm -hmm. for you, Texas, great. Now, how do we figure out ways to connect your buyers, your deals to their networks, and now right. start doing some more JVs on the investing side? Right, right. And and um, with Robert Allen, do you? Do you do a one-on-one -on -one with him, or, or it was just being exposed to him? Dude, it was at our mastermind. So oh, right. he was just walking around, and I had a chance to you know, pull him aside and introduce myself, pick my brain, and that one 30-second yeah. bit of advice uh, completely Bingo. changed the way I started assuming what people thought about affiliate marketing. You know, I've been doing this for so long. You have assumptions like, oh, yeah, like everybody knows this stuff. Very few people understand this mm -hmm. is what I've learned. Thanks to Robert. So yeah. shout out to Robert Allen. Well, Robert Allen, uh, I love Robert, man. He he came to my last event nice. uh, in um, in June, and he's coming to the one in February again. And he's my mentor one on one right now. I mean, he's been mentoring me for about five months now, maybe uh, something like that. We connect every Tuesday at twelve. That's awesome, man. And man, this man, he's helping me how to write my book, right? So so he's like, Ricardo, you got a book in you. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, but I know it takes a lot to put a book together. Yeah, a good book. A yeah. good book. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, I just don't have the time because my focus was somewhere else. I was rebuilding my texting platform, oh, yeah. building this VA company, and and all these things. And that's my main bread and butter. And to me, write a book is like a shiny object. But at the same time, we connected on a Zoom call, and and I was I was closed. Like I wasn't. I didn't want to open up to like, I want to go write a book right now. But then I'm thinking, man, this is a man that's got years and years and years of experience in our industry. Yeah. That's respected by all of us. And that was a pioneer in, in what we're doing today. He wants to, he wants me to write a book, but I think along the way I might pick up other things from him. Oh yeah. Oh buddy. It was it, like, to me, I don't even connect to, with him about the book anymore. I mean, <laughs> we did the outline, the whole thing, but it's, yeah. now we're talking other things. Affiliate, how can we take this to Europe? How can we do this there? And and because he's done it, it's like, yeah, you can do it, but focus like this. And so, man, that's probably the best money I've ever invested in a mentor, uh, to be honest with you, Frank. And I think it's, it's fascinating, you know, a lot of your listeners and the people that you kind of try to impact in the biggest way is a lot of these guys are at the starting point of their journey, Yes. right? Um, we've been there, and I know you've so been there multiple times. So you reset, had to rebuild yeah. it again. 
I feel, and maybe just as we get older, and I was talking to my mastermind the other day, I was like, I just have less patience with getting to my goals, mm. right? And it's interesting when we talk to certain individuals how passionate they're like, oh, I want this, I want that, a big house, big car, I want to make six figures, I want to do that. But they, once the work starts, it, it kind of that fizzles away. Um, but being surrounded by people like Robert Allen, who have a strong mindset, who have achieved, you know, their first level of greatness and now are continuing to roll that into other areas of greatness, you start borrowing that confidence. Yes. You know what I mean? You're like, man, if, like you said, if they can do it, you know, I, I can do it. So and he had a bunch of setbacks. A bunch. Right. And I had my own setbacks. I mean, what you heard earlier wasn't nothing compared to what I lost after Harvey, right? So Crazy, man. So, uh, so when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to hire him. Like, I'll start the book yeah. and I'll see how that goes. Um, but while we were writing this book, he started inquiring because he wants to really extract everything from you to put it on the book. Yeah. So he starts asking me about my VA company. And I'm like, okay, Ricardo, how many people you got on your team? And I was like, well, we're up to 80. He's like, 80? I didn't know you had 80 employees. And I was like, oh, we're probably going to get to 150 by the end of the year. But to me, it's not a big deal because I've scaled companies before. Uh, and I had one company where I was an employee. I had 500 employees. So I'm used to those numbers. Interesting. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? So actually, the one thing is when I went on corporate America in the oil and gas business, I started putting valves together, right? 12 bucks an hour, working from 4 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then in between 3 and 7, I will go to a lab they had to study, to study the equipment, how to install the equipment in the, in the bottom of the seafloor and, and, and do all these cool things that you see that oil rigs do offshore. Gotcha. And, and then I went from that to offshore. And now I'm offshore, I'm making a little bit more money, but I'm gone. And like, no Christmas, New Year's, forget that. That does not exist. Yikes, and I did that for quite a while. But I was more trying to do the money thing other than my freedom. I, I didn't, because I was in the Navy before, so there was no freedom and money. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of the two. So now I had, at least I had money, but I had money coming in because I had a good job and it was a six-figure job. I, you know, somewhere along the lines, I started making 150 grand or whatever. But by the time I left the oil and gas business industry, I was making 260,000 bucks a year and I was a director of a big operation mm. where I had 500 employees. And that job, that particular job, what it gave me was the ability to think in big numbers because I was handling millions of dollars. So my P&L was 120 million bucks a year. Wow. I picked it up when it was 70 and we took it to like 120. And by the way, I'm an employee, I'm not the owner of the company, right? Yeah. So now I'm thinking, I was like, man, if I was the owner of this thing, how much of that money would be mine, Yeah. right? But I started handling large groups of people, 500 people. Now, I didn't manage 500 people. I managed four that in terms manage maybe another 40 that manage this 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all those numbers, handling large contracts, doing big expenditures, uh, handling large groups of people, that prepared me to what we're scaling today. And what we scaled in the past that didn't make it, but um, but it was that exposure. So I'm grateful for my, my, my what do you call it, my corporate career. Yeah. Because he got me to where, to where I am now. Um, I'm not a corporate hater, by the way. I tell people, you oh. got a job, you make good money, man, milk it. Put some properties away, put some money aside. You know, eventually, if you get the age to become an entrepreneur, this is not for everybody. Oh, no. 
right? Yeah, no. Yeah, like you see it. People lose their minds, and yeah. and sometimes you got more month at the end of your money because uh, yeah. payroll comes in or whatever, yeah. or you didn't get the sales that you were supposed to. Um, but yeah, watching people like Robert and, and many other of the players that we have in the family, um, you're like, man, that guy's just on another level. How can I get there? You know. I think, like you said, you know, mediocrity, complacency is just something that doesn't fit into my life very often. Uh, I think, you know, obviously how your upbringing, you know, your upbringing is, you know, what you're seeing as, you know, samples of what you want to follow in life, hardworking people, uh, what are you, if you like nice cars and that's your thing, awesome, uh, being present as a father, if that's important. So you kind of just try to model yourself after those who have either have the life you have right. or um, have some level of what you're trying to achieve, right? right? And I, I guess I just don't know how people get there without help, right? Oh, no, you need help. Right? I'm sure some, you know, the, the needle in the haystack person can get there uh, just due to sheer will and just being really smart. But man, I, it, you know, when they say it takes a village to take care of a kid, it takes a village to grow a business, it's, it's I'm... I've learned more in the last two, three years of the power of a team than I have in the 12 years I've done this business. Do you have a team in place? I have a very simple team. You know, okay. like when I tell people like my entrepreneurial journey is I have high margins, low cost, no overhead. Love it. Right? Uh, I don't want to scale a business to five or 10 million. That's not my goal. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy with a million because my margins You're high, are so very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah, tell yeah, people yeah. all the time, it's like, because uh, in somewhere in 16, 17, I made four million. Yeah. But I didn't keep four million. I kept maybe a percentage, and it yeah. wasn't very high because of the overhead we had, and it was a lot of people intensive and all that, right? But today, the way I run the business, I don't have to make four million to to make good money. Yeah. If I make a million, I'm actually making very good money. <laughs> Because my overhead is completely different than what it was in the past. Um, that's why I was telling you earlier, this office is going to disappear. Because I don't need it anymore. Good for you, man. You know, I don't have a, a sales floor here anymore. This is, the only reason I'm here right now is because I have a contract. And I don't want to break it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll finish the contract. I'm going to repurpose all the rooms. So we have a studio here, another one there. So we're recording different areas. We have the gym in the middle so we can get fit. Because... <laughs> I need to work on going from a 36-pack to a six-pack. Um, but eventually, I'm just going to put all these things in a box and just go rent an Airbnb. If we're going to shoot for a day, get the Airbnb, get everybody there. We shoot, we record, boom, 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 done, we're out. So, And I don't need to have a, a, a recurring overhead for for doing producing this content, which is something I will continue to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this. I think uh, we're giving back when we do this because for the most part, 99% of the time we're telling our secrets to people so they can go and be successful. Yes, a shortcut it for them. And I gotta shortcut. say this, Ricardo, I, I, like you said, we met two or three years ago, only recently, just through the grapevine, a lot of praise has come your way just through mutual friends. And that's kind of how I, you know, quietly learn about people I've never met before. But I gotta tell you this, man, there's two things that I've noticed that you're really good at. One, you're really good at taking big things and make them feel smaller in a good way. Like, yeah. you know, running an 80-person team, you're like, oh yeah, Venezuela, I got my operations. You make it so simple 
you know, the average person just gets so overwhelmed by it, right? 80 people don't. It, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. And then the second thing, too, is your hustle, bro. I think, you know, you have your hands in a lot of different things. But what's also cool is that each of these things have their own little hands that are reaching out for opportunities. Yes. Like your VA company, you started it off with using it in your own business. You're like, well, how do I leverage this team where other people can use it? And you created a new revenue stream that way. Same with your sales floor. You created partnerships. Yeah. That's the true spirit of an entrepreneur is that you hear one opportunity. It's like, how do I turn this into two, three, four more opportunities? Believe it or not, Frank, I always had that spirit. But unfortunately, I wasn't disciplined enough when I was younger. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And I got this spirit from my dad because my dad is an entrepreneur. He's in the insurance world. He's the best sales guy I've ever met in my life. My mom's this way. Well, he sells me everything. Right? <laughs> He's probably calling me right now for a new policy that just came yeah. out. Right? So I'm his biggest fan, and, and I wanted to be like my dad growing up. Very cool. But I I started uh, I went going through the wrong path, a lot of drinking. In Venezuela, man, you you go to the liquor store, you buy alcohol, and you're done. Like There's no show me your ID or anything like that. They just want to sell product, right? <laughs> So, so I started being uh, drinking a lot when I was young, and of course I drove him crazy and my mom crazy and everybody around me, and so I was I never developed discipline until I joined the military. So I was very on this. I was very smart, but no discipline whatsoever. Right. Procrastination ruled my life. I mean, I I just didn't care. Like, and I thought you know I knew it all, or, or I was better than anybody else, or whatever. And uh, when I got in the Navy, uh, that kind of like leveled down the playing field real good. Because now, because I, I, don't, I don't say I come from like a poor family or anything like that. We were middle high class. If, if, if so, you know, I went to a private school. So, it, okay. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, I don't have the rags to riches story. <laughs> I actually had everything. Like my dad would say, hey, man, do you want to go? And, and which college do you want to go to? And I was like, college, dad? I, I, don't, I don't think so. That's not for me. Like, I didn't want to go to college at all. Wow. And that's why me and him started doing this. And so I worked for my dad for a very long time until one day I just said, man, the hell with this, I'm out. And it's because he was pressuring me to go to school, and I didn't want to go to school. But um, to your comment, I had a lot of the entrepreneurial spirit, but I didn't have the 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 consistency and the 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 responsibility I was very responsible because I would go out drinking every freaking day yep. and not get up on time to go to work the simple things you know and then I learned that in the military and 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 you know and now I'm in the military with all different people of social like the guy that came from the hood yeah. and the guy that came from a military family that they they had all the means in the world to put a kick or whatever. So I, I started seeing all these different worlds that I was never exposed to. And I said, man, you know what? I'm going to make the best out of it. And I got my discipline there. And then I grew a lot of character as well. Yeah. Um, that's not for everybody either. Right? <laughs> uh, and then I went into the oil and gas business. And, and there is where I picked up these large numbers and the scaling things. And, and everything is millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. So it becomes your language. It's like in our world. At the family, you're always hearing, oh, I got a $10 million business, I got a $5 million business, I, got, I make a million. So everything is like six figures, oh my God, like that's it? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You must be new in the group. Yeah, <laughs> like you must be the new guy. I came, that came to my first, like, my big 
first aha moment was talking to my brother. He's you know got his master's degree. He you know worked at startup companies. He's in management um, at these big companies. Gets paid very well, and. He came to the family reunion with me, I think it was last year, the one with Vanilla Ice. That was an awesome one, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was a good one, yeah. And he was like, and I know how much he makes, and I'm just pointing around, he's like, oh yeah, that guy did about 15 mil, you know, he's probably, his margins are probably like, he probably did two, three mil net, you know, this and that. And he's like, oh, like, he felt like the smallest, most broke guy in the room. But that's perspective. Like, in his world, he's, you know, an executive, he's doing well, paying, you know, getting paid very he's well. He's on the top of the ladder. Top of the food chain there, but in a room of just like hungry entrepreneurs, he was the smallest fish in the largest ocean. I, I can relate to him because yeah. I used to be that guy in corporate. Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, in corporate, what happens is, like on my case, you got status. There's a hierarchy. There's, there's a, yes, yeah, right? right? So okay, I'm the I'm the vice president. Of <laughs> the longer the name, the more important you are, right? Oh yeah, and, then, and where the office is. If your office is in a corner with a view, I mean, there is all these perks that come with having you know a status, right? And for a while, I ate that up because I was like, oh, I'm the global product line manager now of this 500 you know employee. You know, I make 120 million bucks a year for this company. And he, he, your head starts drawing, dude. And, yeah. But then that must have been a very humbling experience for your brother because if I would have been put in a room like the family back then, I would have been like, I would have felt very uncomfortable. It's humbling. Yeah. It's very humbling. Because I would have been like, well, I know I live in a nice house, but those guys can afford my house. They just bought a plane, so they, they just pay, bought a plane. So they don't have to pay like, taxes. What is this? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Right. right. What is this? It's like, like, oh, I'm starting thinking like that now, right? Um, it, it, that's just a fascinating world. And I that's one of the things I love about what I do is trying to bridge these two worlds together. Right. Corporate America, they, we do a lot of things in our business that corporate America is. There's a lot of just a lot less red tape. Right. Um, people, you got to. We work for ourselves. We can make quick decisions. Right. That's really the biggest difference. Uh, but that, to your point, yeah, the titles. You know, someone said this perfectly. Like, oh, Frank, what are you like? I'm the CEO of my business. It's like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. Like, it's just a title. But if you're lazy, you're not motivational. You don't breathe culture into your people. You're not a CEO. That's just a title you gave yourself. I don't even like that title. Right? Like, in my opinion, the life of an entrepreneur goes from. Novice number one. Yeah, you're learning. You don't know much. Okay, you're the new guy But you're like hmm, maybe I learn how to do this wholesaling thing or the fix and flip or or the affiliate world Right, but you're a novice like you're learning then from a novice you learn enough to become a hustler And now you're hustling You're doing deals you start making some money. Yeah, but you're like working for money. Like you're still trading your time and efforts and everything for money. Perfectly said. And then you go from a hustler to a manager. You graduate. Like okay, now I'm a manager. I got a few people here that I'm I'm I'm, I'm puppeteering. Yeah. Right. And but I'm managing these guys. But I'm still pretty much in the trenches with them. Sure. Closing deals. You know, selling deal. Whatever. But then you go from a manager to the CEO. The CEO now has multiple managers with multiple closers, I mean uh, hustlers, with multiple novices that are coming up in, in the business. Yeah. But then there's one more step, which is the chairman. 
Yeah. Right? But that comes from the corporate world. Now, the chairman is the guy that has a board of directors, and they decide when the CEO, whether he continues or not, or he gets fired or not. Um, and he just says, this is what we need to do next year. Very short. No, no big vision or whatever. This is where we're going. But that chairman is probably the head of multiple businesses. And, and that, to me, is the, the, the evolution of an entrepreneur. I agree with you 100% there, right? I think a lot of the guys that I've seen in our space graduate, they're, they're, they're using this term AUMs, right? Assets under management. Yeah. That's a board, that's a president or like a, a chairman role, right? right? Where you're managing a portfolio of businesses and each of these businesses has like a person that runs it, yeah. right? That's the dream. That's well, the dream. Not for everybody because, I mean, do you really want to handle all of that? Like... It gets to the point to where it's cool, yeah. Because it buys you a lot of good toys, and it buys you probably the best the best lifestyle that you can afford. You can probably go to the best hotels and eat the best at the best restaurants. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have some mates at home that do everything for you, and but that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. If I had to whittle it down, it, it almost feels like to take on this role, it's about res like being able to handle the responsibility, right. but I don't feel like it's any harder to take that job on than the person who's cleaning the toilets in a hundred no, story building. To me, it's harder to clean the toilets. Oh, so much harder. To me, it's right? harder. So I'd rather manage seven teams and seven managers who are competent yeah. than clean a thousand toilets. To me, so, <laughs> so you know, somebody explained this to me. I cannot remember who it was, but... Yeah. They told me, so Ricardo, or maybe I heard a speaker talk about this. So Ricardo, it's not about hard work. It's not. Because if people were rewarded by working hard, then people at McDonald's should get paid a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. they're standing up all day. In the heat, burning themselves on oil. I got you, man. Now the people at the farm that's collecting, picking tomatoes, and which is mostly immigrants, right? Yeah. That's hard work. In the hot sun, super hard work. Exactly. So it's like, okay, hold on. But hard work is needed. No questions asked. So that's just one element. But then, how do you become smart about your work? Right? So I learned that a long time ago. And, and uh, even though I was a hard worker in the Navy, and then I was a hard worker in the oil and gas, that's where I started getting smart. I was like, okay. Because I was exposed to it. Yeah. Uh, that translated into what we do today, and and that's what we've been able to grow. And, and I don't touch anything that cannot grow. Like I'm like, if this thing I cannot scale it, then I, I want no attention to that because otherwise I'm gonna become a prisoner of that one thing. And and in in, in in going back to the family in that group, we we get to see so many of those rock stars, right? Because yeah. every everybody in that group is a rock star. I mean, you're one of them. Philip is another one. Like all, all the guys that 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 we mastermind with, uh, they're all good in their own um, lane. But Frank, what is next for you, man? Like, what's in the future for you? Like, if I had to ask you, hey, Frank, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, yeah, man. Uh, thanks to one of my groups, you know, you've heard a leadership boardroom. I've gotten crystal clear with my life and business vision. Oh yeah, yeah. with Sean McCloskey. Man. Yeah, Sean McCloskey. I love that guy. And it, this is not an exercise you've ever done. It's just really just like it's dare to dream. It's like being an imagineer of your life. Uh, I think, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't want to grow something super huge. I think I, I'm fully capable, have the resource, the Rolodex. Nah, man, I, where I see myself in five or ten years, 
is I'm going to be a father of two. I'm going to be traveling a lot throughout the year. I'll be running my business remotely. Uh, it's going to provide a very comfortable lifestyle to where my family has no worries about income, money. My kids don't have to worry about it. But they're going to learn all the principles of how we got here yeah. so they can keep our wealth going. You know, I don't talk too much about where my business is. Um, what I've learned is I know how to make money. That's what right. my entrepreneurial journey has taught me is right. if any, everything got burned down tomorrow, I told my wife this, like, I don't feel stressed if that happened. You know, I got plenty of money in the bank. I follow profit first. So I right. got money coming out every month. Taxes are taken care 30%. of. 30 percent. 30%, right? So when you don't have these type of things to worry about, um, your future becomes a lot less stressful. Yes. So I, I don't, yeah, you don't live in anxiety anymore. I, and I was, and it, I'm not here today because I made this decision this year. This has been about a three or four year journey. When you talked about P&Ls, didn't even know what that was when I started my business, yeah. right? So I've done a lot of this groundwork. I'm still paying for mentors. I got a big 25K one I'm about to throw out because I'm trying to go from triple my business in the next 12 months, right? Right. So when you talk about five years, I plan on retiring at 45, not quit working, but no longer have to worry about money. I'm 38 this year, right. seven years. And this is what I was... Dude, and then the craziest thing is in one year, things can go exponentially so large that Crazy. it may not even take you until you're 45. And this is, and this is how I'll, I'll finish this, this answer here is, anybody who feels like they don't have like the time left, right? We get exponentially smarter as we get older. Exponentially smarter. And I always tell people who are just now turning 30 or 35 or 40 is, just look back at the last five or 10 years. Like, look at what you've accomplished. There is no possible way, unless you're just a lazy, you know, POS, right. you know, that where you're gonna do the exact same within the next five or 10 years. Like, if you repeat what you did the last 10, you have not learned a single thing in life. Absolutely. You deserve to be where you're at in 10 years. That's right. But if you've taken everything that you've learned, the bad, the good, and the great, in the last five, 10, you are going to achieve massive results in the next five or 10. I highly, you know? I highly agree with that, brother. I think you just, um, you just spoke the truth, man. That's what it is. I'll give you an example I'm too related to your comment right now. Uh, in 2017, when Hurricane Harry came to Houston, were you here already? Uh, was I? I was. Okay. Yeah, I was in Pearland. So you Holy know, crap, yeah. freaking floods everywhere. The cities in chaos. At that point, I had 47 rehabs. So I was flipping 47 houses around the town, around town. Jeez. Now I had about 50 guys that worked for me directly and they worked on my rehab. So they were the ones that were fixing up all these houses. So five more rentals at the time flooded. So I pulled these guys to fix the rentals because we needed to get the tenants back in and, right. and that cost us a pretty penny. Um, but it didn't break us. Like the, the, the flood itself didn't really kill us. What killed us was a month after Harvey, now there's 300,000 homes flooded. Oh, yeah. And all these workers now are worth thousands of dollars a day because you just don't have enough people to go cure all this property. So my crew walked away overnight. Oh, my gosh. And that's when I, got, I found myself with my pants down because I'm like, all right, I got about $250,000 a month on interest payments on all these projects. I don't have people to finish them. I have money, but 
my money's gonna run out, bro. Like at some point, I don't care how much money you got, but if you got a big hole in in the, in the on the ship and the water is taken in, that ship is gonna sink. <laughs> and I was a slow sinking ship for about three years. Holy From Lord, 2017 to 2020, I was just trying to do whatever to to patch that hole, and it was almost impossible. So I was able to satisfy most of those um, uh, problems that that uh, or the loans that we had, but. Like you said, I had to change and do something different because, okay, if I went back to the same business model, what if another Harvey comes in, right? Or maybe it's not a Harvey, but a but an earthquake, or 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 maybe a COVID, or something crazy that takes longer time to recover. And I was like, I was making money, but it was on high liability. Yeah. And I was working for my lenders, so I wasn't really free. And I really quick, I quickly realized I was working for my lenders once I started, I, I was about to start defaulting on these payments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now they're like, hey, son, they don't talk to you the same way. They're like, hey. We're now gonna, they're a creditor. Now, now they're, <laughs> yeah, now they're creditors. So now they're like, hey, you got to pay me now and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If you don't finish the property, I'm going to sue you. And then, anyhow, I got into lawsuits and all that stuff. But I had to pivot because it would have been insane for me to continue to do the same thing I was doing. I just didn't know what that was. But that to me was wholesaling. And then we started wholesaling and after we started wholesaling, I'm always, I've always been um, pro being fully integrated. Yeah. Like I like to own my systems, not because I'm a control freak. No, it's because my process goes quicker when I own the systems, if they're good. Yeah, yeah. So I started building the texting platform and the data side and all that stuff. And uh, to supply our own demand pretty much because I wanted to grow I needed to scale a wholesaling operation to get rid of that flipping operation. Yeah, I, I get that. You see, I yeah. had to start making two fifty a month to pay the loans. That wasn't to get rich, bro. Yeah, yeah. That was just to pay the loans, right? So I was like, man, and believe it or not, for many months we didn't, we didn't get there, right? Maybe we made we made a hundred grand a month, and we're like, fuck yeah, like <laughs> you're right. But yeah, like, okay, yeah. how can we get two hundred? You know, and 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 long story short, Frank. I was forced to pivot, but I've always found myself in that position, so I don't suffer from analysis paralysis or whatever. I just, let's go, man. Let's take over it. And today, the future is brighter because we have a seven-figure wholesaling operation, which is probably going to get to eight figures because of the size of the team we have now. Nice, yeah. We're going to get the, 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 the texting platform, which is something I want to talk to you offline when we get done. Yeah. Um, and then we have the VA company that's also created a whole stream of income that I had no idea was sitting around on my, under my nose. And like you said, you, you're 38, you're going to 45, and 45 you just want to travel and see the world or whatnot. Yep. Maybe retire your wife also. Oh, Who yeah. knows, right? Definitely. Um, and and um, I could tell you when I was 30, I'm 44 now, when I was 37, 38, is when I was going through all of that. At that time, I was making like half a million bucks a month. Feeling good. Oh, dude, I was rich. <laughs> you're, <laughs> yeah. you're feeling real oh, good. I was rich. We yeah. were looking at Lambos and Ferraris, the whole nine yards, right? Good stuff, yeah. But now, we surpassed a lot of those numbers, and but now this time I'm free because we build an infrastructure to that runs. It still needs my attention, so I'm not a full-time chairman. I'm in transition in between CEO and chairman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and and I may be in that in that limbo for a little while, 
maybe for a couple of years, I don't know. Um, however long it takes, I'm okay because the, the foundation is solid. So, so I just want to hear that from you, like what's your goal? Because if your goal is to be free and travel and see the world and be with your wife and kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. why are you going to go build a monster that, like our friend Sack Childress, right? Yeah. He built a monster. He built a monster and then he realized, I don't want that, right? And he figured out a way to After kind of, it was built. After it was built. Yeah. And he just, we did this exercise in these groups called the burn it down. It's like, if you could burn everything down again, like, how would you want your tomorrow to look like, right? Like, and don't put any type of, oh, like, well, this, no. What does your tomorrow want to look like? If you could dare to dream, yeah. you know? And you very quickly realize as you hang out with a lot of people with a lot of money, you hear it all the time, you know, some people, the richest people are miserable or whatever, you know? My end goal after, you know, when I'm done with this is like, I want a peace of mind. I just want a peace of mind. I have peace of mind that my, my kids are good, my family's good, my parents are good, everybody's good in my life, health is good. That's what's important. You know, job is going to bring stress. Things yes. are going to cause problems in your life. Yes. But put the value on what gives you peace of mind, whether that's financial, you know, your kids are okay, whatever that is, focus on that. Because I think a lot of unhappiness comes from, well, this person has more money than me, or this person drives a nicer car than me. Measure yourself against others. That's the worst thing we can do. It's the worst thing you can do. Um, I think, I think, but model your model the life that you want after people you are inspired by. I think that's okay. Don't be envious. Right? No, no. Don't be envious. But model your life and then pursue it relentlessly. You know, like it doesn't take you 20 years to accomplish what we've seen. It could really, with a good idea and good hard work, Three to five years. It's like the bamboo, right? The bamboo takes about five years to, to lay down its roots. But then on year number five, you just shoot up 30 feet up in the I air, right? That. Well, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how the bamboo grows. Bamboo grows down first for five years. It just sets roots, but it goes way down. And then on year number five, pow, it goes up completely directly. So I'm in that stage right now on the bamboo because I've been building this whole setting operation. For a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build a team, rebuild a team. Build a team, rebuild a team. Get rid of it. And, and at some point, I was like, man. And, oh, and by the way, I got all these holes that I got to cover from my flipping business. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, I can make money. I'm good at making money. Right. Just like you said, right? You're good at making money. But eventually, like, how much is it needed for me to continue to produce that money? Like, because you start getting tired. Yeah, man, and I'm going to do a quick shameless plug for you, okay? Yeah. I'm going to do a shameless plug here. This is kind of like how I do my consulting calls with my clients. So how I would position your coaching or how you, how, like what you've accomplished and what you offer to people. Yeah. And, you know, if anybody's listening to this, which camera can I look at? This one? Any this one. one. I'll look at this three one. of them. If you're looking for a coach right now, right, you're going to be a lot of people, you got a lot of jokers coming to our space now. Hey, I flipped about four or five houses, you know, I'm a rock star, whatever. Imagine getting behind somebody who has survived Harvey, who has gone through, you know, two iterations of his business, who manages a team of 80 people, who has survived COVID and thrived during that time, and understands how to create processes and systems that allow you to grow your business, whether it's with one employee or by yourself, with as least mistakes as possible. This guy has literally built a big business after five years. If you asked him, if you could restart again, would it take you another five years to do what no. you've done? How long do you think no, it would take? It would take me just a few months. A few months. Yeah. So when you charge people, like what do you say you charge people? Fifteen grand? I charge like, the way I coach. I do fifteen k for three months. That's it, because it's one on one. So 
I, I, I can take 20 students because otherwise yeah. I don't have the time. I can take maybe 10 students at a time. And we meet one hour a week, but in that one hour, we build a completely rock solid foundation for their, them to take off. So all my students are at different levels. For the most part, the guys that I attract are guys that are already doing deals. Like the guy you met before that was here. Yeah, yeah. Like he's already in there. He like I don't have to explain to him 70% manual repairs. Right? <laughs> like he's already there. Yeah. Now he's like, hey, what's my next step? Do I do I hire a closer? Do I train? So those are my avatars. But I also attract newbie, newbies where I gotta take them from those are actually easier to train because these guys don't have any pre preconceived notions. Yeah, yeah. And I can tell them the game. Hey, this is the game. This is how you choose a market. This is what the texting platform you use. This is the data. This is how you do it. Boom, boom, boom. Now, if they don't convert leads, it's because they got to work on their on their conversion skills. But that's okay. I can refer them to my friend Maxi Menes, who's a who's a trainer, or or some of the other guys that we have in our space, right? So, so yeah, it would just take me months because. It's once you build it once that blueprint is there, you just gotta go rebuild it and yeah. and 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 if you have the financial means it might be even quicker. And, and that's it at the end of the day is when people invest with you, I can't even say buy or it's literally yeah, investing in you. Yeah. Uh, you're really investing in that peace of mind. Yeah. Knowing that Ricardo, if I have any possible problem under the sun for a person who's new to this it's incredibly priceless to be able to be able to just reach out to someone and say, do this, do this, do this, and more than likely this is what's going to happen because this is what I'm doing in my business. Man, I right? appreciate that. So, guys, if you're looking for a coach, look for Ricardo. Like, you know, this guy has gone through the trenches, yeah. especially if you're here in the Houston market. Uh, this guy knows how to take care of people. You know, you have a great reputation. Thank you. Um, you're like a hidden giant in our market because people say, oh, yeah, he's doing like 30, 40 deals you know, a month. And I'm like... Ricardo? <laughs> so keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep your head down because you, you don't need to brag or speak high. No, we people don't. are doing it for you, man. We don't, we don't brag about this. To yeah. me, to I me, that's, know. Yeah, to me, it's just uh, uh, it's just business. You know, that that's what we built. And mm. I remember, Frank, when I had my first thing house on the contract, I felt filthy rich. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, I got a hundred grand on the contract because at the time it was like 10K yeah. assignment. I was like, dude, I got 10 houses? And that's when my head was about to blow up because I was like, what if I can do this every month? Then what if, then it goes from the month to the week. Okay, how can it close on 10 a week? Right now our goal is to close on five every week, five, five closings every week. Yeah. Sometimes we have more, sometimes we have less. So we're, we're finding that consistency. Um, and, but we got everything in place to where next year, if we don't hit eight figures on that, and it's not, I'm not shooting for eight figures. If you actually look at my vision traction organizer, it's nowhere close to that. But because I know the monstrosity that we put together already is there, it just makes sense to turn up the dial a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You built the systems, it, man. It, it's already built in there. So, brother, thank you so much for coming in today, man. I'm Loved looking it. forward to work with you now, and, and, and let's go build some stuff together. Guys, reach out to Frank. He's on, uh, where can people reach out to you? Yeah, man, uh, my business is called TheAffiliateIncubator.com. Follow us on socials. We have a podcast. We also talk about and give out uh, free tips on just how to get started in this business, the things to do, the things to avoid. But yeah, check me out. We're releasing content pretty much weekly now. i got a social media team, so we're trying to get as much stuff out there and get our message out there to grow okay. the brand. So check us out. Thank you, guys. Amazing.
I'll see you on the next one, guys. Attend Growth 2023, February 2, 3, and 4th. Get your tickets right now, guys. It's 797 bucks. I'm going to give you one month of Prospector Web, which is our texting platform, free with the purchase of our VIP ticket. So those are going up to 997 next month. I'm looking forward to see you there. Bye.